0: All right, Uh, this is the Gospel for Life, and uh, we have been um, starting 2019 by um, trying to reset our spiritual temperatures as it will, uh, as it were, by kind of reclaiming a high view of God. And the way that we reclaim a high view of God is not by clicking our shoes together and wishing to go back to Kansas, but it's by going back to the Word of God and by looking at God, by beholding him in the way that he reveals himself. And so one of our basic claims over the last few days is that uh, God is both terrible and tender. He's both majestic and meek. Um, And uh, that's the way that the scripture uh, manifests him. In Revelation 5, Jesus is called um, the lion of the tribe of Judah, and he's called the lamb that was slain. Um, And this is exactly what we see in the crucifixion. I mean – Brothers, really, I mean, can you see a better image of the, the terrible and tender God than in the crucifixion itself?
1: It's the ultimate spot where we see the the holiness and justice of God and, and the wrath of God in all of its fury um, being unleashed against sin. Um, Jesus Christ on, on the cross is going to absorb for his people um, a penalty for, for that, their, their sin.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, nothing more terrible than that. And and it is the same time, at the same moment, the the, the infinite love of God mm-hmm. for sinners, right. that, that that wrath isn't visited on us, but the Son of God absorbs it into himself.
1: Yeah. Which is really what, what Romans 8, verse 1 starts with. Yeah. There is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. But that also implies that there is... Condemnation. Condemnation. Yeah. Right. Um, mm-hmm. For God's people, there isn't anything left because it was completely absorbed and exo- exhausted in Jesus Christ on the cross. Mm-hmm. But for those outside of Christ, um, there is a condemnation that awaits them, right. um, and that's that's the really the terribleness of Romans eight. Yeah. Um, that there is a wrath, and and what you'll find is that that. As it goes on, it says, For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ from the law Mm -hmm. of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. By sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemns sin in the flesh Mm -hmm. in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled Mm -hmm. in us. But it also, you just have to read underneath the text that... Well, if you're not in Christ, then the righteous requirements of the law haven't been met.
2: Yeah.
0: Right. Let me push pause just there for a second. So what we've been doing, so to get caught up to our listeners,
1: we've been looking at sp- specific texts. We've I'm pretty sure that our listeners are always ahead of us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. We've been, we've been looking at specific texts where we see the, the, how God is both terrible and tender. We've looked at Isaiah 40. We've looked at Psalm 2. We've looked at Isaiah 6. We've looked at John 6. And in each one of these texts, what we see is this conjunction of these two attributes which make God more glorious. And that's kind of we're, – today we're going to Romans 8 to look at that same conjunction of attributes and, and looking at it from a whole. And I, I know you're chomping at the bit, Jonathan. No, so. no,
3: no, no. You're fine.
0: So at, and in Romans 8, it begins in one sense with condemnation. And then those greatest verses in the Bible uh, – one of the greatest verses in the Bible. It ends with pull, – Pulling a Lloyd-Jones on us. <laughs> uh, that uh, no one can separate us from the love of Christ. And so you see, again, that conjunction of of condemnation and wrath and inseparable love in the same chapter.
3: Right. We're, and we're seeing that it, in a specific instance at the cross when Christ suffers for sin, and we see God's wrath and His fury, and everything that you know, everything that is opposed to His holy nature is punished in, in the cross. And uh, one of the things I don't think we can ever see it in a more graphic way than at the the cross. And there's a quote by Thomas Goodwin. He says, "We see the anger of God no, not only in Christ, but also in." on him in his death in the words of thomas goodwin that god should put to death his own son for sin when he became a surety uh, for it was a clear manifestation of his anger and a higher piece of justice against sin than if he had made and there sacrificed millions of worlds I me mean, he couldn't have shown his, you know the fact that he did it to his beloved son the fact that he's done it to Christ, he, he couldn't have demonstrated his uh, his anger, his his uh, furious opposition against sin, any greater than if he if he had created a million words, worlds and destroyed all of them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: real quickly i'm hoping that jonathan can give both a plug for a book and a plug for a speaker for next year so you just quoted thomas goodwin but you were quoting from I,
3: from um god is a devotional guide to the attributes of god and it's a book by mark jones we've mentioned it before mark jones is going to be our speaker next uh, fall when we have our reformation conference he along with Cornelis venema will be speaking to us then and um, He's actually um, written a number of books. In fact, there's a new one coming out in February on uh, the prayers of Jesus. Uh, there's also a new one um, in which he uh, writes a book, uh, an, an anti-abortion book, essentially. Uh, you know, letters from the womb. Letters from the womb is the title of that, and that's coming out this year. A wonderful speaker, but his book, uh, God Is, is a is an excellent book that. Um, Goes into the attributes of God as we did at the earlier part of, or the latter part of last year, but um, it ought to be on your bookshelf. Okay, so since we'll pause right there, this is a station
0: identification break. These are our sponsors on today's program. To my left, I have Pastor Phil Moran from Christ Presbyterian Church. How are you doing, brother?
2: Hey, I'm doing great. Uh, Pastor of Christ Presbyterian Church, uh, as Josh said, and uh, you can uh, find out more about us at Christ. Go on, go on on, on the web at christpressboise.org
0: and then directly across from me I have pastor Jonathan
3: Van Hugen from Day Spring Re- Reformed Church sorry that's i'm a, i'm really okay. not
0: trying to butcher the name oh
3: that's all, that's all right and <laughs> uh, com. if you're uh, someone that's on the web we actually meet up on the bench uh, in the Vista Overland area we 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 uh, we worship at the Whitney Friends Church uh, they've been delightful partners to help us have a worship service there. And uh, we've we've been there for the last five years. And then to my right, uh, Pastor Russ Herman at
0: Cloverdale Reformed Church.
1: Yep. Uh, you can find us at Cloverdale United Reformed Church or org. And then my name is Josh Bales. I am one of the
0: pastors at the Well Church. You can find us at com. Okay, so continuing on to our theme in Romans 8 um, – our, our thesis is that God is a conjunction of these seemingly opposite attributes of, of being majestic and meek or or supreme and, and yet a servant or uh, tender and terrible as it were. So where do we see uh, God being both terrible and tender in passages like Romans 8? <laughs>
1: You see the terribleness in what we've talked about of the condemnation that awaits those that are not in Christ. You see the tenderness in the great love that is displayed in the final part of the chapter, starting in verse 35, it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Um, So tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword. And then there's this just kind of odd quote. Um, I maybe mentioned this on the air before. I can't remember that. He says, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. And it doesn't seem to fit the argument of the chapter. Mm -hmm. You've got who can separate us from the love of God, all these things, then this kind of odd quote, and then, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. So it seems like verse 36 shouldn't be there. But he's actually doing something wonderful. He's quoting from Psalm 44. And when you consider Psalm 44 in its context – that, that particular psalm, the argument is that the psalmist is saying God is not being fair to us, and he is saying, you've made us a, 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 a laughingstock. All day long, my disgrace is before me, and shame has covered my face. Um, God, you've forgotten us. You've forgotten your covenant. You've forgotten your promises. Your heart has, has turned away from us, and that it ends with this call to God, awake. Why are you sleeping, O God? Do not reject us. Do not hide your face. Why do you forget our affliction and oppression? For our soul is bound down to the dust, our belly clings to the ground. Rise up, come to our help, redeem us for the sake of your steadfast love. The psalm ends without resolution. Right. And the last word of the psalm is steadfast love, hesed, covenant love. And the answer to Psalm 44 is Romans 8. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. Romans 8 is saying, you thought you were forgotten? You thought I didn't remember you? You don't think I remembered my covenant love? Mm -hmm. No, you're mistaken. Nothing can stand in the way of my love. Nothing can separate you from that great covenant promise Mm -hmm. that I've made to you. Um, So Paul is doing something just absolutely incredible with introducing that text in a way that's jarring, feels out of place, but he's going right. back into into covenant history and saying, I remember Psalm 44. Mm-hmm. Right. And some of you might feel this way, that you've been forgotten, that God has turned his face away. And the answer is, he can't. Mm-hmm. Not in Christ, he can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's beautiful
0: work. Yeah, and it's really sprinkled This thesis is sprinkled through all this chapter. I mean, one of the most famous verses in the Bible is verse 28, of course. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Well, why would Paul say that? Well, if you go back to verse 18 – He's talking about the sufferings of this world, that they're horrible, terrible sufferings. All creation is groaning. And so why is all creation groaning? Because all creation is under the condemnation of sin. Those who are outside of Christ are in the condemnation of sin. And even as believers, we suffer in this way. And so that's what part of this terrible, this terrible aspect we see of God's holiness. But then what does he say about his goodness? Even these sufferings. Even your own sin, I'm going to cause to work together for the good for those who love God, for those who are called according to His purpose.
1: And the fact that that is overquoted doesn't change the profound truth that it contains. Right. Yeah. So don't stop quoting it just because it's overquoted and misused often. It it really is a, a truth to, to base your life upon. Yeah. That in Christ, if you are one that believes and trusts in Jesus Christ alone, all things really do work. For the good of those yeah.
3: who have, it doesn't been declare all things good. No. It just says that the end is for our good and His and God's glory. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. There's there's other good news here about the terrible and tenderness of God in the way that we pray. Mm-hmm. In Romans, in verse 26, it says, "Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses." Well, why do we have weaknesses? Because we're sinners, because we're not God, because we're insufficient mm-hmm. for the task, because God's wisdom is so high above ours that ours looks like foolishness. And so there's that, that, uh, that aspect of God's supremacy that compared to, uh, us compared to him is like dust. But what does he – how does he comfort us in our weaknesses? Mm-hmm. He says that the spirit – Himself intercedes with us with groanings too deep for words.
2: Yeah, this this chapter is calling us to a new perspective, much like uh, a few days ago we were talking about the 40th chapter of Isaiah, which invites us to a bigger vision of God. And, and with that bigger vision of God, we see ourselves in cut down to size in a really, really good way, humbled in a really, really good way. And, and you see that in Romans 8. Uh, for instance, look at verse eighteen, I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing the glory that's to be revealed mm-hmm. in us mm-hmm. when we when we see a glimpse of the glory of what God has intended for us, our future glorification, yeah. all of a sudden the sufferings of this world burden though they be yeah. wow, yeah uh, th- th- we see them yeah. in a whole new way yeah, for the children of God it says yes. yeah. Religion.
0: Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. If you would like to subscribe to this podcast, just go to iTunes, search for Gospel for Life, or you can go to our website, reformationboise.com. We'll see you next time.